to the Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Amy Neumeyer, your host and the founder and clinic director of a new med spa in the Madison, Wisconsin area. Unfiltered was born to provide a relaxed and more casual behind the scenes look at what it means to be a part of the medical aesthetic industry. Taking off the professional white coat and allowing our patients to relate to us in a real and honest way. If you have specific questions, we want to know. Otherwise, grab a seat and enjoy. Thanks for listening. been four years it's kind of crazy tell me about four years what does that even what does that even feel like futuristic oh okay tell me more it doesn't feel real yet yeah time flies when you're having fun though yes time flies Mm -hmm. I guess I just didn't think four years would have equated to this meaning the expansiveness of what a new has become and mm. what we offer and our team and our presence in Madison. I would have never thought in four years we would have accomplished what we would have or what yeah. we have. Sweet, that's amazing. I knew you'd go big, but this is huge. <laughs> I mean, starting out with two of us four years ago and now we are 15? Fif- 15. 15 employees. 15, 16. Eight 15, providers. Yeah. Nine providers. Nine almost providers. nine providers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real small crew now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to tell us who each of you are individually? That way we have a better sense. Yeah. So I'm Amy. I am a certified aesthetic nurse specialist. I have been in this. Tell industry. us what that means, first of all. That means I am credentialed to actually stick needles in people's faces. <laughs> okay. But my area of expertise being dermal fillers, biostimulators, neurotoxins, such as our neuromodulators, such as Botox Dysport that kind of thing. Um, so when I'm not here sticking needles in people's faces, I travel around the country um, teaching other people how to stick needles in faces. Um, but that's another long subject because I believe that's a big issue with our industry is that everyone wants to know how to stick a needle in the face, but not the why, the how, the rheology, or the anatomy. But we'll say that for another podcast. Cool. So, so just side note to that, how and how long have you been doing that for these other companies? That's um, pretty awesome. Yeah, so I trained for three other pharmaceutical companies in my free time. Um, and I have one more, so actually four that I just landed that I, yeah, can't even, yeah, I'm not what? allowed to announce yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As we're recording. As we're recording. No name shall be mentioned. Um, I've been officially training since January of 2018. So about the same time frame, like this happened, like we started rolling the ball on this and we opened April of 2018, but I already landed the first training contract. So about the same time training. Oh, amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in this industry since, um, I think I took my first training course in 2010. So 12 Whoa. plus years, January of 2010. What was 2010 Amy like? What were, what were what was your like vision? Where did you see this, the medical aesthetic field at that time? Oh my God, it was so foreign. I think so many people didn't know what it was. I think I only knew what it was because my mother was a cosmetologist, laser technician. Oh cool. And I was kind of 
luckily exposed to it that way. And then when I was working at Stoughton Hospital between 2005 and 2009, they actually had a cosmetic medicine department way back when. Hmm. Shocking in Stoughton, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, so I was able to intern there for pretty much every Wednesday and Saturday morning for almost two years. I went and I interned under a couple of nurses and assisted them, and that's where I'm like, okay, I'm going to nursing school. So went to nursing school, but when I got out of nursing school is when the last big market crashed, and you couldn't get a job doing whatever you wanted to do prior to the market crashing. Um, So I went and took course after course after course trying to stack up all these certifications and whatnot, um, and then stalked the nine plastic surgery and med spa clinics in the Madison, Wisconsin area at that time, and I mean literally stalked them um, for a year and a half until I landed my first job in it. But at that point, I can't say I knew exactly that I would own my own practice someday. I've always liked the idea of functioning autonomously, but I didn't think I knew that it was going to take me to this point. So That's amazing. It's evolved. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay, Ms. Chantel. Yes. Tell us my aesthetics more. teacher was her mom, Amy's <laughs> <laughs> <Ava's> mom, Miss <laughs> Diane. What is Miss Diane? It's a very small <laughs> Wow. It is not what you know, it is who you know. Yes, for sure. For sure. Although that, not, that didn't connect us until, you know, fast forward and we were working together and mm-hmm. randomly found out that, mm-hmm. yeah, she was. We shared a common interest. Yes. Yeah, mom. <laughs> My mom. Who would have thought? Um, but wow. I knew I wanted to be in medical aesthetics. I just didn't know how quickly I could get there, and I was willing to put that time in and build my confidence, touch skin, get to know skin better, kind of in that salon atmosphere, and then work the way, my way up. Um, as it was a very competitive industry and not very many options in medical aesthetics, at least where I lived at the time. Um, but yeah. Fast forward, and I'm here kind of like living my dream job, you know, what I wanted to get into, what I wanted to do with lasers and everything. So I'm a licensed esthetician. I'm a certified laser technician. Um, I'm a master in cool sculpting as well, so body contouring. Um, So, yeah, I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, Getting more into training as we're bringing new Mm -hmm. estheticians on, which has been a fun challenge because I think when you have been doing it so long and now it's what 14 is it 14 years um it becomes like riding a bicycle so it's just something I do on a daily basis and kind of stepping out of that and and training it has been fun but challenging for me because I am such a perfectionist and I'm like just watch me and do it exactly how I do it (laughs) training is very humbling experience yeah it checks you yeah so but um what is that quote like to learn is to teach or something mm-hmm. you know like it, it's mm-hmm. different when you have to step back and actually mm-hmm. share the expertise that you have in a way that's mm-hmm. easy for someone else to understand and mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. you know especially as an expert especially up here yeah. you know it's so mm-hmm. regimented for you mm-hmm. and so. just because you're good doesn't mean you train well so yeah. it's like retraining me to train yeah so, it takes yeah. a bit. That's why I love teaching for all these other companies because I feel like I'm selfishly learning just as much along yeah, the way. Yeah, for it, sure. And it keeps me on my toes mm-hmm. type of thing. But, um, hey, host, who are you? 
Um, hello. My name is Shauna Bouse. Um, I am doing the marketing for new. I can't believe I'm sitting here, to be honest with you. Um, I have a very diverse background. I'm a certified life coach and have done a lot of just truly trying to understand people, which I feel is kind of perfect for what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. just because I am very curious and I want to learn. Um, and also the language that you guys speak is like foreign language to me. So it's cool to kind of be in a place of help me to understand what that means so that our patients and our clients who don't know what you're talking about can have a better sense of what you actually mean. Um, so it's like kind of getting a cool peek behind the door myself and then also being like okay let's help let's yeah. help our people you're gonna be our interpreter translator yes uh something i never imagined which mm -hmm. is awesome um i'm actually from mcfarland so it's fun for me to be back here in such a different place than i ever would have imagined mm -hmm. um my husband and i lived in nashville for a while and I was just telling, actually tell a lot of people this, it's fun for me to see a new, where you guys are right now. Um, of course, I, I grew up with Amy, I've known Amy a long time, but four years into a business, having been nominated for Best in Madison, having all these awards, having all these credentials, working with you know these industry leaders, um, and watching how that is impacting Madison on, on, a, on a huge scale, reminds me of a lot of the people that I met when I was working in Nashville and how that was impacting Nashville on a bigger scale, right? Um, so it's really exciting to be here to watch Madison sort of I feel like this is like in a growth period for mm -hmm. them. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to be here with you guys. I'm excited to have you. Okay, so the reason I brought you guys both on for episode one, um, we are discussing your birthday, of course. We're celebrating four years. Um, I want to talk about sort of the highs and lows of business. What were some of the things that maybe you didn't expect or you did expect or things that have maybe wowed you or made you kind of take a step back and reflect? You can kind of go wherever you want with it. I know that's very broad. <laughs> I'm start with positives. Positives, I think, is just our growth. Um, I've been so happy to have a place where people can call work their work home and have work wives and where people get along and enjoy coming to work um and i feel like i can honestly say that when i'm creeping in the hallways listening to people talk this isn't just me as the owner saying like oh my people love working here <laughs> <laughs> like i legitimately see people enjoying and having fun together and that just makes me so happy where people can have a positive and fun place to work for sure where they like all of us, I feel, are really passionate about the industry, which is why a lot of us come to this point. But then to have somewhere where you actually enjoy work and who you work with is like such an added bonus. But to see that culture that's been created is kind of amazing yeah. to me. Especially with getting 16 or 15 women in one space. Mm -hmm. That's pretty <laughs> incredible, you yeah. know. And, and to not, at least again, from an outsider's perspective, there's not much cattiness there's not this it, everyone seems to sort of have their own goal and also a news goal mm -hmm. and everyone's just kind of doing what they have to do in order to make that 
a reality, which is pretty cool to watch. We're too busy for drama. Yeah. There's some days where I just don't even see Amy. I mean, we're here together for 10 hours. We don't see her. hours and we don't see each other. Yeah. But I mean, work hard and be nice. Mm-hmm. And everyone will <laughs> be just fine. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Work hard and be nice. Okay, I think so what's crazy too is like this this building, right? Like when Amy and I were first starting out, it was the two of us. I was like, okay, you're kind of crazy. Like this is really big for the two of us, and like not crazy, but you know, like when are we ever, when are we ever going to grow into this space? You know, we have five treatment rooms. I think starting out, right? Mm-hmm. Six, five, six. Um, and then as soon as um, you know our neighbors left, she bought out you know more of the building to eventually expand into. And I was like, I mean, when are we gonna need that? But like, look at us now, and now we oh, needed we, it. And we are <laughs> we are like mice living in a shoebox. Yeah, and here now with the amount of us, like there is not. We need more. Not to mention the equipment. The equipment. Where to put There's all so that? So much equipment. Okay, so when you started, you said, you mentioned it was just the two of you. Mm-hmm. So is that, it was just the two of you when you opened this place. Mm-hmm. So how did you make it seem <laughs> like you had a successful business with five treatment rooms but only two providers? Like, mm-hmm. was someone working the desk? Like, tell us about that. After three months, because while this was being built out, we were honestly in like a little suite that we were renting where it was just like a room and a half. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought about that the other day because our one, like literally we had a storage cubby in the room that was, it's the one in the bathroom, (laughs) that little white fourplex storage. And I look at that every time I go in the bathroom, I'm like, holy shit, that was our storage, was a little fourplex cubby. Mm Mm-hmm. And now we have like almost 4,000 square feet. I'm like, shit, we don't have enough space. (laughs) Um, It was just the two of us. And then when we moved into this space, um, we hired our first coordinator to help be at the front desk. And then it just slowly, and then we added on our first kind of part-time marketing, and then we hired on our next desk. And it's been like kind of a slow rolling, except for then in this last year, we've like doubled in size in a year. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I started in February, and there's already been me and four other, three others. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's pretty... It's insane. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> And insane. you're still looking for more people. Yeah, we, <laughs> we essentially can't keep up with the demands. Wow. Like, I can't... We can't train people fast enough for the demand, because finding people with experience, let alone education, in this industry is like finding unicorns at this mm-hmm. point, I've decided. Mm-hmm. So it's just... The process of building people from the ground out up and finding those right candidates that are passionate and have the desire to want to learn and kind of build them into the role for sure mm-hmm. so what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say how many new clients on average per month right now we're over a hundred a still. month still and that's been new, since new consults um coming back after quarantine or no, we were pushing like 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I want to say 70s. It wasn't till we hit in 90s until like last summer. But I want to say November of 2021 was our first like 100 plus new consults in a month. Mm-hmm. And now we're still maintaining 100 plus new consults. Not even just people having inquiries. That's obviously far greater than that. Mm-hmm. But the people who actually book and a consult and follow through is 100 plus mm-hmm. a month wow that mm-hmm. is pretty wild yeah for a team of nine providers to mm-hmm. 
handle and manage on top of already having clients and booked schedules and so with that tell us like what's the future look like how do you how do you manage that from a place of wanting to still experience success bring in more success of course we don't want to turn down new patients new clients but also there's a level of expectation and understanding that kind of comes with growth as well we're having to rein in a wild horse (laughs) (laughs) okay tell me what you mean by that um yeah it's just i feel like again with the demand is far greater than what we have the capability of providing a high level quality of service because i still want to maintain that so it's just reining it in as we slowly get people built up to having that level of expertise to where we feel comfortable having them see clientele and that's what's going to take the longest is training people into those roles yeah well, um, especially if you guys are the trainers and mm-hmm. your books are solid, solid. So, but yes, we are looking at a second location for Q1, Q2 of next year. So that is in the works. Um, It's just a lot of moving parts with that because I'm thinking of doing it on a bigger scale than this. So just a lot of, if all honesty, the finances behind it and the timing of building it and all that fun stuff. But then too, it's in the back pocket of my mind of finding the staff to work it. Yeah, honestly, because again, I could have a full, I could have a clinic, and I can have a books fully staffed with clients. But am I going to have the providers to work those books? Yeah. So, have you um, felt like post quarantine, post COVID, that there's been challenges with hiring and keeping people, or? Mm, no, I wouldn't necessarily blame it on COVID or any of that. I would just say naturally our industry, it's hard because our industry isn't regulated. Mm. There isn't like you can go to school and be a dental hygienist. There isn't a school yet officially for like medical estheticians. There isn't a school yet officially for certified mm-hmm. aesthetic nurse specialist. You have to get your core degree, your esthetician or your nurse, and then independently go seek out all these little classes to try and get somewhere. So there isn't like a direct career path for people to follow, which, and again, another good podcast topic of how to get into this. Um, So I think that's the hard thing. There isn't any standard in our industry. So it's like filtering for a lot of, through a lot of candidates, because we get a shit ton of candidates. It's like, it's insane the amount of applications I get sent on the daily, but it's people are like, I've been a NICU nurse for 15 years and this sounds fun and easy. Yeah. But I haven't picked up a textbook or done a single course. So it's like one of those things, it's like, I wouldn't blame it on COVID or quarantine. It just inherently is hard to find someone who is passionate and gets where it takes some self-sacrifice of sticking your own money and time into getting some base knowledge in this industry. For sure. Not to mention has an aesthetic eye. Not everyone has an aesthetic eye. Not everyone has that. You know, they think like this would be fun, this would be easy. You know, Botox, same, you know, pokes every person, but really, you know, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's... Well, and it's so individualized, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that for me, like, being able to come in here and learn from all of you guys, because again, coming from a coaching perspective, I recognize that everybody is so different on so many levels. Of course, we have similarities and things that we can relate to, but everyone's needs are so different. Mm-hmm. And that's how every patient that comes in here is as well. And I feel... You guys have such a level of expertise of understanding that and recognizing that and telling them, like telling patients no when mm-hmm. they want something that you're like, no, 
that's not, that is not going to look mm-hmm. good. That's not going to be what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, from a provider, like, really takes bravery and courage. And like you said, that aesthetic eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is hard to find because a lot of the candidates I interview, mm-mm, no. <laughs> so is that something that you feel like you can train people no. on? No, no, no. So it's just sort of like one of those natural gifts. Natural, you like what's your artistic background? Like what makes you artistic? Can you see mm-hmm. balance? Can you see proportion? Can you see symmetry? If you can't see it, that's something I just can't teach you. Yes, I can t- teach you to stick a needle in somebody like a monkey. Yeah, yeah. But that's not gonna end up but like, having a beautiful outcome. For? Yeah, no. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge of hiring because I'm picky on that. I'm not hiring people just to stick needles in faces. Right. I'm hiring you to stick a needle in the face and actually make someone look really, really good and think of their best long-term outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit to sticking needles in the face because, of course, <laughs> we do that a lot. But also, you do a lot of other skin health, you know, di- different things that mm-hmm. kind of fall, fall into the skin health realm. And that's probably more of the esthetician mm-hmm. realm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So tell us more about that. Definitely. So, I mean, we have everything from hydrofacial to microneedling to laser resurfacing to halo to chemical peels. So, really, so our what goal- are these words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what that means. And our goal is always to, like, you know, the other piece of what we do is psychology, finding out what the client's goals are, what they want in terms of downtime, how much downtime they can have for their lifestyle, their work, you know, fitting all that in and... I think that's the hard piece of it because, you know, people watch me consult and, like, every person I'm telling something different to based on what they're already doing. You know, if they're a bare minimum basic girl who's just been using cleanser and now they're 30 and starting to see lines and wrinkles and things like that or if they're more advanced and more savvy. So all those things coming into play as well. Um, But hydrofacial, I always say, is, you know, the facial that kind of is, like, the intro into the... um, medical aesthetics you know if you if you've never done anything that's a great place to start there's no downtime it's hydrodermabrasion so a lot of people have had microdermabrasion this is like a wet microderm skin's gonna glow event ready brides love it you know week of wedding things like that chemical peels i always say is it's like exercise for your skin Mm -hmm. you know it's like that you know you know when you need a chemical peel which Mm -hmm. A skin cycle is about six to eight weeks, so that's usually what I'm telling my clients is every six to eight weeks to do their chemical peels. No, you do not have to look like Samantha from Sex in the City. Um, your face does not have to be red and falling off. However, we can do that. Um, <laughs> I, I go big or go home. If I do too. Yeah, if my face is not falling off, I want it to fall off and have a peel. So that's Amy and I, um, but not everyone. Weird. So where, so where is there a disconnect from someone like Amy who's like, yes, pull my entire face off mm-hmm. to a patient that's never been here? Like, yeah. where are you finding middle ground for them and mm-hmm. also, like, teaching them, like, what to expect and helping them get realistic expectations? I mean, I think that's what we're great at, right, is educating and letting them know exactly what to expect, but also letting them know that there's a variation, right? Mm -hmm. You could do the same peel on someone who's dry and oily, and they're going to have totally different Mm -hmm. healing processes. Mm -hmm. 
So first determining their skin type, letting them know like with your first treatment or first chemical peel, if we're you know talking about chem peels specifically, I'm gonna start off like light to medium of the road, right? Like let's see how your skin responds to this first peel. When you come back in for your next one or when I follow up, we can talk about how this first peel went for you. I can document that on my end so that I know for your next peel, do I want, do we want to go stronger? Do we want to keep it the same? Do we go too strong? You know, so really customizing each treatment and we have, you know, hundreds of peels combinations to mm -hmm. choose from. So, so if you have someone like Amy who is coming in, who's maybe never been here before, mm -hmm. but is saying like, give me as much as you can. Are it's you like gonna be like, ding, 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 back around a little bit? It depends on what they're using on for skincare. You know, if there's someone who's using great skincare, their skin's really conditioned, or are they coming in and their skin's hypersensitized? Are they coming in and they have, you know, whatever active rosacea? It, I have, I, I think both Amy and I have that confidence because we've been doing this so long to be like, I love that you're excited, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to be the best option for you, or that is the best option for you, or what have you. So I think, you know, finding even a compromise sometimes for some clients of like, I'll give you a little peeling this time, but let's see, how, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I am kind of like Amy where I'm like, ooh, you want to go big? I want to go mm -hmm. big too. So if they need it, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're politely direct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> politely direct. Politely direct. Give me an example of politely direct. <laughs> well, that's just it. Yeah, we can tell someone, like, if we have no problem saying no or yes. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the issues, too, with our industry is a lot of people say yes when they should be saying no. Yeah. And, and tell what's the reason for saying no? Mm, that's probably more so getting into things like body dysmorphia and treating people, which is a psychological condition where people have an altered perception of themselves. Um, and I feel like a lot of people with body dysmorphia come to our industry and they're looking for these surfaces, services to help them on the outside, but it really is more of they need help on the inside, which we can't offer. Right. So I think having the ability to screen, which we do for BDD, but then... Um, being confident in telling people no mm -hmm. yeah for the safety of their own mental health for sure that's a big thing with this industry so what are the major changes and shifts you're seeing in this industry because body dysmorphia I mean and again we'll we will definitely do a full episode on that because I think it's worth it but for cliff notes at this point what are some of these major shifts and changes in the industry that you have seen over maybe the last four years or maybe where we're at right now that you're kind of looking forward to or like mindful of? I love that our consumers are becoming more educated and I love it when they are educated by credentialed areas. Um, I get so frustrated and no offense to bloggers, but a lot of bloggers that talk about their own personal views but not from an educational standpoint, and people want to follow somebody that just said do this. That's probably what annoys me the most type of thing in this industry. But I love that our consumers generally are more educated because as much as I love consulting new patients, I, I love it where someone just comes in and they're like, yep, I want this and I want this and I agree and we can just do it. And I don't have to spend 
an hour like talking to someone answering 102 questions. But not, she will. But I will. I will. Like I do love educating, but you know, sometimes when I feel like I almost like just need to record myself because I feel like I sometimes give the same education over and over like 40 times a day. Yeah. So when someone comes in and just knows what they want and need, I love it. It makes my job so easy. Yeah. Like I love teaching and educating people, but I'm not gonna lie. At the end of the day, needles are my paintbrushes. I just, I'm an artist. I love sticky needle. I love. Building. I love that. I love, so it's like if I could just go in and like do what I wanted and have artistic freedom on everyone, I'd be the happiest camper alive. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like when I do consults all day long, I'm like dead at the end of the day. I'm so tired from talking all day. Do you feel like people are coming to you and wanting you to sort of, or, or wanting that artistic expression? Or do you think, or do you feel people are coming to you like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is how you have to do it. This is what I'm expecting. Half and half, but I feel like I am getting more and more the longer I've been in this industry where people are like, I've heard great things about you. I've seen your work. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, I love that, that I feel like I've gotten to that point where I consistently get that more and more. People are like, do whatever you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want, I will do. Cool. That's like, sweet. Let's go. You're like, I <laughs> trust you to do yeah. whatever you're going to do to my face. I love it. How about you, Amen. Chantel? I feel the same way. I feel like I finally, I mean, because we started out in this industry when we were young, right? And so I think it was a hard element coming into this young because you're working on clients who are, you know, significantly older than you or, you know, mm-hmm. more mature than you or what have you. So it was us proving ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning that, like, no, look, we do know what we're talking about. We do know how skin works. We do, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel, and finally we've gotten to that point where clients are just like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, well, and so. it takes such a level of trust for, and I feel like from even being up in the front, I mean, the questions that come for people that have never been here, or they're doing consults, they're, they're very fearful or mm-hmm. anxious because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, negative biases to mm-hmm. this industry, which we definitely will continue. Another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely will continue to talk about, but... Mm-hmm. So how do you think the patients have changed in that? Like, are people more open to this type of work? Do you feel like the way that your clients are experiencing or mm-hmm. expressing their desire for change is coming out in a healthier way than maybe before? Yeah, and I mean, I think thanks to social media, I'm, I mean, as much as we don't always love social yeah. media, yeah, it can be kind of a headache, but I think that social media aspect and everything is just more in their face about the medical mm-hmm. industry or medical aesthetic industry. So people are more savvy, they're, they know more about it, it's becoming more commonplace. Um, it's not such a, you know, oh, only people of this category of lifestyle have these treatments done. It's definitely a lot more mainstream now, which mm-hmm. is helping our industry a lot. One of my favorite things that you always say is, we, a new is the med spa for the people. And I think that's such a, like, it really is a powerful Mm -hmm. standpoint because I think, again, going back to these narratives and, you know, especially if we're talking about Mm -hmm. sticking something in your face and Botox and the the negative influence Mm -hmm. of and just how people perceive themselves as someone that has these things, like, it's it doesn't always feel very good. And so I love that idea of the med spa for the people because it's for anybody and Mm -hmm. everybody that's, willing and able and ready to understand their skin health more, mm-hmm. right? Like that's really what mm-hmm. the bottom 
the, the underbelly of it is is skin health. And for me, someone that wasn't involved in this industry, I always felt like less is more. You know, like, am I being healthier for my skin to have nothing on it and to do absolutely nothing? Like, not using cleansers, you know what I mean? And, and that seems like it kind of makes sense. But then also being on this side, recognizing that there is health <laughs> it's like your skin needs mm -hmm. that. Your skin needs these vitamins and these minerals and other things. So I just mm -hmm. thought that that was really mm -hmm. unique and interesting that you kind of have brought that full mm -hmm. circle. No, I liked what she said just kind of on the, to it. I think it would be fun, honestly, at some point. Like, I can think it in my head, but then to kind of just write it down informally, like, our clientele. Like, we have stay-at-home moms. I have lawyers. People work in the garbage industry, in landscaping, mm. in jewelry. Like I mean, I like I, we have clientele from literally every walk of life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I don't see a stigma here against this is the type of clientele that comes to us. Mm. The type of clientele that comes to us are people who care about looking good and feeling good. Subsequent the results of their treatments. It's not like you know, the stigma of like the Beverly Hills housewives or something silly like that. It is just men and women who want to look good and feel better about themselves as a result. Mm -hmm. It's not this person does this or that person does that. Like yeah, every it, walk of life. I think with anything, education and, and even with social media, right, it's people just being exposed to it and the exposure is like we're, we're fearful of things that we don't know or we don't mm -hmm. understand and we're uncomfortable mm -hmm. to ask questions sometimes. And so I think the stigma of being like, no, like, first of all, you don't have to get Botox if you don't want. There's definitely mm -hmm. other services. There's other things mm -hmm. that if you're not ready for that, yeah. you know, here's maybe a different starting point. It's mm -hmm. normalizing it. Like you, you look at a hundred years ago, it was risque for a, a woman to color their hair mm -hmm. or put on nail polish. Yeah. Like, people were stigmatized that you were a red light district if you had red nail polish yeah, on, like, yeah. ridiculous things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, like, people still sometimes have the mindset of, like, the Botox of the 90s, per se, and that kind of stigma. But now where people, like, it's normalized. People mm -hmm. are starting to be so much more socially acceptable with it, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so future of the aesthetics industry. Where are we? Where are we seeing the future? I think the last statistic on this, and I don't have a source to cite at this very moment, but just Botox, for example, if I remember correctly, of the like U.S. population, eighteen and older, I want to say it was like only like six percent of the population that is eighteen and older or twenty-one and older that could get Botox or getting it. And you think of how busy we are right now, and only 6% of the population is, right? Wow, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of room yeah. for growth. And again, that's just throwing out Botox. That's not like all the other services and like skin health things. Because yes, we have so many people that come to us in their late teens, early 20s to start with peels and skincare and things like that. Um, but the, there is only, only room for growth. Only room for growth. You also look at this next generation coming up, so, you know, not millennials, but what is it, Gen Z now, I want to mm -hmm. say, or like our 18, 20-year-olds. Yeah. So, 
And they, they grew up in this industry, right? They grew up with the Kardashians. They grew up surrounded by social media. They, you know, so going back to BDD, yes, that too, but <laughs> um, we see that. Besides that, though, like, they they are the up-and-coming clientele. You know, mm-hmm. we're already getting these 18-year-olds. We're already getting these 20-year-olds that are starting things like Botox, that are staying out of the sun, that aren't tanning, thank God. Oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> no tanning beds. No tanning beds. Um, so they're much more savvy. They're using skincare already. They're using good skincare already. They're not afraid to spend money on high-end products, you know. So seeing them coming of age, it's definitely a generation mm-hmm. that is going to be obsessed or, you know, very into mm-hmm. this industry. So I only predict growth yeah. for our industry with them as well. Well, that's funny. Like, you you said that, and piggybacking off of that, like, I'll have clients come in in their 40s, and they're like, um, I use Dove Bar Soap and Neutrogena Moisturizer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, okay, we can help you. And then, like, my next client will be a 22-year-old, and she's giving me her, like, nine-step yeah. regimen, and she's already, yeah, like, like, oh, this serum, oh, this serum, and this, serum, and this, this, serum. And this yeah. and it's hysterical. I'm like, oh, my God, look at the difference in, like, the age gaps. And here I have a 22-year-old doing 10 times more than a 40-year-old, but it's just, I think it's become culturally acceptable, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like the early 2000, 2010s, it was everywhere, like, personal gyms blew up mm-hmm. everywhere, like... Mm-hmm. Be taking care of your body became like the fad. You find a gym on every freaking corner. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, not that I want to see a med spa on every corner, but I, I feel like it, it, it's going in that direction where it is just socially normalized and everyone does it. Yeah. Well, and self-care. I mean, it's, it's self-care. just one of those things that has mm-hmm. become very culturally mm-hmm. normalized in a big way, too. Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. a dentist damn near in every corner at this point. Mm-hmm. The amount yeah. of dentist clinics in Madison blows my mind. It's people take care of their teeth, take care of your skin. Yeah. Well, and generationally, too, you know, like, speaking to an older generation that was only using Dove skincare, I mean, they're only using Dove skincare because no one ever taught them or educated them on anything else, you Mm -hmm. know? There was no reason or need for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And now you're also having to have those conversations Mm -hmm. with someone that's like, okay, well, here's, it's a huge major change and shift for them from going from just using Dove to mm-hmm. now maybe even coming in six to eight, every six to eight weeks and having a skincare regimen and all these mm-hmm. other changes that those behaviors are hard to mm-hmm. adapt and adjust with as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Teaching them to wear sunscreen yeah. every day. Every yeah. day. Even every when day. it's cloudy. <laughs> There'll be another podcast. Yes. Yeah. Do just on SPF. That one, SPF will probably be on every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just end it. Wear your sunscreen. Yes. Yeah. Feel good, feel good at a new med spot. If you're going to do nothing else, wear sunscreen there every you go. day. <laughs> okay, so let's do a little bit of wrap-up from each of you. So, Amy, um, I just want you to reflect for yourself personally, like, and I literally, <laughs> I have to read this because <laughs> I know Amy this well. I wrote, allow yourself to get real and raw here. I am serious, LOL. <laughs> so share with us sort of um, what what it was like taking the leap of faith to open your own business. Because four years ago, you know, where were you at mentally? And also, of course, you're able to reflect from a place of experiencing success in mm-hmm. many ways. Um but I'm sure it didn't always feel that way. So tell us a little bit more about what was what was the beginning of that leap of faith like? What was the vision for Anu, and, and why did you kind of create it with the intent that you did? 
so without getting in too much of the muck and the grime <laughs> of it, um, I, I had always wanted to get my nurse practitioner. I knew that much at least. I guess I didn't know as much about owning my own medical spa per se. Like I kind of thought I did just because I was always kind of an autonomous functioning person. Um, but the place that I was in before was not super supportive of me continuing my education to that degree. And it just wasn't a growth environment. And I always wanted to grow and grow. And I, my kind of like joke between a lot of us that were together at the time was that when things were not going so swell, that it'd be like, oh, there's, there's another log on my fire. There's another log on my fire. Like it was just like one more thing of like burning me. Like I, I need to be thinking of the future. How can I do this but better? And I remember there was just a tipping point where I was like, holy shit, there's a whole damn tree that just flew on my fire. Like I need to get <laughs> out of here and do my own thing. And um, there were a significant amount of challenges to open significantly. And I even remember my bankers after like finally everything went through and we were open and having our one year anniversary even then we're like we love you but even at our one year they were like we really did not think you were going to make it <laughs> like you're like they're, they're like but no like we knew you but it's just they're like you had every freaking challenge thrown in front of you as to like things that happened with finances and getting our space and getting equipment and contracts like i mean every challenge um, but I guess for me, I'm just one of those hot-headed people that I like a challenge, and I'm like, let's 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 go. Like I can do this. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of challenge, but now it's just kind of it's surreal that we're here and we made it, and it's this good. Yeah. So what what made you like? What was it about and knew that you wanted to be different? So education, you said. Education. Having an environment of education. Education, environment of positivity and accepting everyone. Mm -hmm. Anyone that came through these doors, I, I don't care who you are, how much money you make, or what your role is in life. I Again, we treat, we are for the people. I don't care who you are. Obviously, want to pay your bill, please. Don't stiff me. I don't appreciate that when that happens. <laughs> Not often, thank God. Um, but just... We're here to make everyone look good and feel good. Mm -hmm. Like we just, we really do like be kind and work hard is kind of my motto, just nice to everyone. I love how simple that is, mm -hmm. be kind and work mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so Chantel, I would love to hear your experience of taking the leap of faith, of course, um, because you went with Amy. Um, so watching and experiencing her challenges and the shifts that she was experiencing, um, and just like, what was it like actually working with Amy before maybe? And then also what was it like, wh like why were you willing and yeah. able to follow her in that? Yeah, I love this question. I'm actually like whew, getting a little like emotional, but yeah. Um, so we worked together for five years prior to a new and we just always, I mean, we found out that connection of her mom, you know, did my aesthetics training, whatever, but like, we were like kindred spirits because like we got married the same year we both owned a horse at the time and so not only like on that level of like friendship we were very similar but also just how we worked together and how we were both like we're here to work we're here to do our job we yeah, you're both we horses for sure. pounded down the doors to get into the industry you know we knew this was our ultimate goal when, when we went to school we wanted to get into this so having that similar um mindset of just the medical aesthetics being our our true passion 
um, you know, knowing I could go to her for any questions I ever had, you know, medically. Um, so having that to bounce off of, um, because we worked pretty on our own in the clinic mm -hmm. that we in the clinic setting we were in previously. Um, and then I think, you know, having the support of my husband too, and him just saying like, I'll support you, like even if you're unemployed for you know set amount of time of like trying to get this business going because he's like I just. I, like you guys are going to be successful like he's like I know Amy I know you like just do it whatever you got to do to like be happy you know because I wasn't truly happy where I was um so yeah it's crazy um <laughs> I do have to mention funny story because yes I feel like she she hit walls and hit walls and hit walls and she just doesn't take no for an answer <laughs> you know like it's just she does not take no for an answer and so Funny thing, we thought it'd be a fun day to go ride our horses. <laughs> and um, my horses, I should say. So she rode my husband's horse. I rode my horse. I was like, he's kind of a dick. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. Preface, I have been riding horses since I was four. Okay. <laughs> so not your first day. Not, so no. I, I'm like, I got this. Not I got this. Not my I broke horses before. Yeah. I got this. I'm fine. I can handle a dick. Like, it's cool. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Beautiful ride, peaceful beautiful, ride. Beautiful. On the way back, we decided to run a little bit, and um, he took off with her. So he took off. <laughs> I like so casually. <laughs> he took off with her. I see her. She's. I, I mean, I'm in the dust. I I can't see her. I've lost her. Right, and so I'm just running up from behind and just thinking, like, I don't know what what's gonna happen. So come around the corner. She is on the ground up against a tree. And, um, yeah, so long story short, luckily nothing was broken. And, well, oh no, yeah, yes, it was. was, it was. Like, in the <laughs> moment, we were like, <laughs> you're fine, get up, and you're fine, yeah. And I'm like, the nurse is the one falling. Why, why an I fall at least, right? Because I don't know what I'm doing. But, um, so anyways, then she has to start up a new business with a broken collarbone. Dislocated shoulder. A severe concussion. Severe concussion. Subsequent aphasia. <laughs> I, like, couldn't talk for, like, two to four weeks. I sounded, like, mumbly, and I thought I had screwed up my entire life. Like, mm -hmm. I had severe aphasia. It was bad. Yeah. But Chanto came there and nursed me between her and Emily. <laughs> they stayed with me for, like, almost two weeks after the accident and, like, took care of me because I, I couldn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, like, couldn't talk. I, like, the headaches from the concussion. Like, I was in bed. Like, Whoa. Yeah, but we still, but like, oh, crap, I just killed my future boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, even with, like, you know, a near-death experience, like, we still pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like you have had so many roadblocks, mm -hmm. you know, like, not mm -hmm. even just from the beginning. Um, and, again, we can go into all of your personal life at a later date but um Chantel just one more question so how did Amy change the way you experience this industry because I feel like you Amy are certainly at the center of a lot of people's hearts in this space um I think all of the women that work here really respect you as a leader they respect you as the owner the, the clients that are coming in respect you um they recognize how talented you are, but also the you're wanting to learn, you're wanting to teach and and help people be better. So Chantel, how did that? How did Amy sort of help you experience the industry different? 
I mean, like I said, I think we're very similar in how we view the industry, but um, I think her just keeping everyone, all of our passion alive, because I think there's a lot of people that you can work for in this industry that just kind of make you go through the daily grind, you know, where Amy's like, let's Tell stop, me what let's the daily pause. Grind means. Well, that would just be like seeing clients yeah. all day, yeah. right? Make money. Never having make money. Yeah, make, make money. money. Like no breaks for education, no time out of work to go to um, an educational seminar where Amy is more than willing to be like, nope, let's shut the clinic down. You know, let's all go to this educational seminar or like let's shut the clinic down. Let's have a long meeting mm-hmm. to go over education um, versus just like, you know, a short, you know, one hour meeting where like you don't get anything accomplished, right? Like she is willing to take that time out even monthly, um, twice a month to do these things. And oh, you like, oh, you want to learn more about this laser on the market? Okay, let's bring in someone to demo that. Let's talk about that. You know, let's be open minded and not just settled in what we do currently, but also looking at what is new and what's coming out next. So I think keeping all of our passion alive because it's an industry where you can can burn out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, I was very, very specific on how much time I wanted for my treatments because I think that that how much time we spend with our clients is also a big Mm -hmm. thing that sets us apart and it's something that I hear all the time Mm -hmm. from my clients is that I've been other places, but I feel like a number. I feel like I'm just like rushed in, rushed out. Mm -hmm. No one's listening to me, like truly listening to me. Um, And so that was a big thing that I was kind of stubborn on and that Amy allowed me to have is the right amount of time Mm -hmm. for each procedure, consultation, all of that, to have that quality time with each client to go over their skincare regimen, you know, to, to create their treatment plan to educate them on their downtime of the treatment, what to expect, all the all these things. And she's allowed me to function in a way where I'm not going to reach burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quality versus quantity. Yeah. Like, I remember at one point at another place being told, like, it feels like cost cutters. Like, you guys are mm-hmm. just trying to, and, like, again, no offense, cost cutters. But really, like, it's just not our business practice to, like, run people out like a mill. And to me, like, these are very high-end luxury services, and I want people to not feel like they're going to cost cutters, but they're paying for something with a luxury price tag on it. Like, yeah. I want the luxury price tag with the luxury experience as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. One, I think, too, just that you mentioned quality time, you know, in general, I think we all could use more quality time, you know, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. in such a world of phones and distractions, mm-hmm. and nobody's probably getting really that level of quality time that we need, mm-hmm. and so you're also getting it in an unexpected place, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. somewhere here that you're coming in for, you know, for someone that's never been here or never done a service, and all of a sudden they're like, wow, my person listened to me? Like, mm-hmm. wow, I really love that. Like, it's relationships. Like, yes, It really sure. is. Like, when I've, now when I'm like, I've been doing this 12, 13 years, like, I've had clients that long yeah and it's like I've seen them get married and have kids and are their grandkids come and career changes and it's like these people become your indirect friends like you know their life story and vice versa and like it's it's kind Mm -hmm. of crazy it's not just providing a service but like there's a face and a relationship behind that service for sure and then also in the same sense for them you know like I think it's part of the reason we want to do this podcast is 
because you guys are busy and yes you're trying to give them as much quality time as they can but in the in the room mm -hmm. the focus is on them mm -hmm. and I think that there's something of value that comes from you guys getting to share your experience and also like for us to get to know mm -hmm. who you are on a just a more intimate level mm -hmm. that I think will be really you know beneficial for mm -hmm. new patients and clients that are already here that are like oh my gosh I knew I loved Chantel I knew I loved Amy but now I really love them mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we really love them I mean I want to recap that like the reason for our growth too is our loyal clients our yes. clients that stalked us our clients that found us our clients that started mm -hmm. coming to see us and refer you know referrals is how we grew so sometimes you know I know our regular clients or our longtime clients are like kind of like man, I can't get to see you guys. And we're so, you know, we, we do feel for you in that aspect, And but part of it is your fault. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> referring us all these people, which is so fantastic. We're, you know, so grateful yes, always. Like, amazing. the gratitude, I can't even express how grateful we are. Um, but just know that we still love you. We still want to get you in. You may have to book a little more in advance than yeah, ever schedule before. Out, schedule out. Schedule out if you want to see us. But then the flip side of that is remember that Amy and I are doing the training. And we are trying to pass on all of our, all of our knowledge to our new mm -hmm. employees um, and setting that same standard with them. So we also want you to feel comfortable seeing us as a team mm -hmm. um, and branching out because these other nurse injectors and estheticians are absolutely fabulous as well. That, I feel like, is a perfect spot to end. Well, happy birthday, <laughs> Mills. Happy you birthday, guys, it, was fun. it was fun. Yes. All right. See you next month. Yes, right? See you next month.